0: Lock
1: and load. This is Steve Dace, the Steve Dace Show. And greetings, happy Thursday! Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He is Todd and he is Aaron McIntyre. And then, of course, you are you. Let us know. What do you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox, which you can access by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. And you can get clips of the show free of censorship and free of charge at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show as well. We have a typical Thursday show for you. Three non-political questions coming your way next hour. Also, Theology Thursday. I am calling an audible because we're going to take a one-week break from our book study of Scott Atlas's A Plague Upon Our House. And it's not just because, frankly, I need one. <laughs> it's not really going to be much of a break. No, it's not going to be much of a break. But in this case, I had an opportunity here over the last 24 hours to interact with a pure, true disciple of the spirit of the age. Uh, and, and I think it's, it, it's important as a teaching moment to walk you guys through why I reacted the way that I did, who the intended audience is, because yesterday I had a, a a really good lunch with my pastor and we were, we sat down and had lunch and just talked about general culture and church stuff for a couple of hours. and, one of the points of that private conversation that i i'm I think i'm okay sharing with you guys is is how the conditions on the ground have changed and when when he first got into the ministry in the 80s and even when i first got into broadcasting on the full time on the news side just In the mid-2000s, 2006 is when I started doing this full-time, when I made the full-time transition from sports, so it'll be 16 years in June. Things have radically, the, the paradigm was largely the same. We were arguing about objective truth claims. Like, a Muslim says, God has no son. A Muslim says, Jesus wasn't crucified, therefore he wasn't resurrected. A muslim says that the angel Gabriel spoke to Muhammad in a cave. Not just the virgin Mary. Right these are objective truth claims, right? Mm, yeah. Okay. Which means both of us are be Now, the truth claims we are asserting are not reconcilable, right? right? But we are beginning from a place of claimed truth, which means we can then examine the veracity of said claims from there. We're starting from a place of believing that there's truth out there that that we claim the mantle for, that we think we have a unique, um, uh, a unique access to, but we are each claiming that there is truth, right?
0: Not only that, but to your point, I think that it's worth defending, not just Correct. manipulating Correct. for propaganda means.
1: I mean, one of the best books I've read in the last 20 years is Paul versus Muhammad. I would highly recommend it. Maybe we should do a book study on that someday. But it's a it's a book about using 3D VR technology to bring both these men kind of back to life as 3D VR images, and then they put them like in the Astrodome, I think is where they put them, and just let them debate each other in front of a nationwide television audience and a sellout crowd. And it's 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 a great book. Okay, here's where we are yet today. There isn't truth, and I don't want there to be. I just want to comply. I just want to follow. Okay, and so from a Christian worldview, we would have looked at Islam as pagan. And by the way, how would they look at us? The same. (laughs) All right. But the but the rules of engagement were, were known. Okay, what do you do when it's not pagan, but demonic? It's an absence of truth. I don't I don't I don't even want to know. I like being without it, or at least I think that I do. We're going to walk you through that coming up in the next hour of the show. At the bottom of this hour, what in the Sam Hill is going on in the state of Tennessee? I mean, it's just a, it it is, it is a fuster cluck of epic proportions in that state right now. And we will address it here coming up here uh, with the, an activist on the ground. That's coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away? Brought to you by Play Groomer Games, Win Groomer Prizes. The Florida Senate yesterday passed a measure that would strip the Walt Disney Corporation of its special self governing status in and around Walt Disney World in Florida. The move comes after Governor Ron DeSantis issued an order calling for debate of the measure during a special legislative session. The measure will now move on to the Florida House. This is how you win. This, on the other hand, Is how you lose. This is National Review's Charles Cook, who said in a tweet, quote, DeSantis and the legislature pushed through a sensible education bill and then stared down Disney's ridiculous hysterical criticisms. They fought, they won. There's no need for them to salt the earth, take revenge, or make Florida's policies worse. Former Trump attorney Jenna Ellis chimed in as well, saying Charles Cook is right. Imagine if Newsom was doing this to Chick-fil-A. Policy and law must be fair and reasonable, not vengeful. Disney's stock price has dipped 20% this year, with almost 10% of that dip occurring in the last month. Checking in on MSNBC, here's former George W. Bush advisor Matthew Dowd.
1: In the Easter holidays, the entire message of the Gospels of the Easter holidays was love one another. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If Jesus Christ was alive today, he would be called a groomer, he would be called woke. And he would be called a socialist.
2: Elsewhere on MSNBC, here's Nicole Wallace. And I worry that in covering Glenn Youngkin and his politics of parental choice, all the focus was on how well it worked. And even in our conversations about DeSantis, it's about how well they're serving him. The the, the truth is,
3: dehumanization as a tactic for politics is from war. Dehumanization is a it's a it's a tactic.
2: It's being used right now. The Russians get their soldiers to rape children by dehumanizing them. Back to Florida, the Department of Health there absolutely smacked the u s. Department of Health and Human Services after that agency released a so-called fact sheet for guidance in treating gender dysphoria for children. The Florida Department of Health in their own fact sheet, strongly contradicted the DHS saying gender transition should not be a treatment option for children or adolescents those under the age of 18 should not be given puberty blockers and gender reassignment surgery should never be a treatment option for children instead florida is recommending family and children seek counseling from a licensed provider Jensaki your thoughts I'm like
0: going to emo- uh, get emotional about this issue cuz it's just it's horrible but uh but you know, it's it's like kids who are bullied, and th- th- this is like all these leaders are are taking steps to hurt them and hurt their lives and hurt their families. And you look at some of these laws in these states, and it is going after parents who are in loving relationships who have kids. It's completely outrageous.
2: Joe Biden, your thoughts? <laughs> Moving on, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot is having a normal one.
1: Across the street, we had a police officer on duty, the victim of a hit and run. We have Michigan Avenue, the Magnificent Miles now referred to as the Mile of Fear. The water tower place has thrown the keys back to the lender. They say they don't want to be in Chicago anymore. Real Chicagoans are asking me, how could you possibly even consider running for re-election as mayor of the city of Chicago after all the harm you've caused?
0: Well, I disagree with you fundamentally, um, and I don't think I need to address and dignify your comments one second.
2: Donald Trump did an interview with Piers Morgan for reasons only Allah knows. In a promotion for the interview airing on Piers Morgan's new show, Trump appears to storm off the set after a series of questions regarding January sixth, twenty twenty one. Excuse me, the most explosive interview of the year. I don't think you're real. This I'm, is really, just, uh, I'm, I'm not, like, very I just, uh, Let's finish up the interview. Morgan versus Turn Trump. Turn the camera. Up. Very dishonest. Audio of the interview was produced by the Trump camp, which showed an otherwise friendly interview where Trump did not actually storm off the set, apparently. And finally, tomorrow is Earth Day. That means it's time to reset a Steve Day show tradition unlike any other. (laughs)
1: Deep in the woods of North Carolina, an extremist eco-group called Earth First bewails the violation of American nature. I want to mourn the loss of all the old growth trees I've
0: seen and tell them that we love them and that we don't want them. To die, that there are some people here who do care. So I want you to know that, trees. that we
1: care. I think we are deeply hurting in America. I think we are deeply craving answers. I think that we've lost our identity as we have evolved into technology and into industrialized society. Bring me to this cathedral. Bring me to those
0: guys. Bring me to this rock that has the most incredible life. That makes me feel alive.
1: I've looked at clear cuts and burnt forest and I've felt outraged, but I didn't scream and I didn't cry and I need to.
2: And that's what happened Well, we were obeyed.
1: Oh, thank you for resetting that. It is indeed an Earth Day tradition, unlike any other. Aaron's montage, perhaps never more fittingly, brought to you by my underwear. Uh, otherwise known as our friends over at Tommy John. Um, indeed. Uh, why not do an underwear commercial after a montage of so many people showing their ass in public? Why not? All right? They need some Tommy John, too. It is the absolute best underwear I've ever tried. Okay? And i got a whole spiel here of things I should bring up. Let me just tell you this. Okay, I'm not going to do any of that. Let me just boil it down for you. Often clients, when they want to be clients, or they've agreed to be clients, will give me a free sample of their product. Okay, And in this case, this product is so good... On at least a half dozen occasions since they came on board about two or three years ago now, I have gone into my own pocket to order more of it. So I can't give it. I can't all I'm sure this is all these details are all great. That's to me the best pitch I can give you. I invest my own money in this product. That's how good it is. It's the absolute best underwear out there. They've got stuff for the gals, too. You'll have to ask Lindsey Graham about that. Uh, but they've got uh, loungewear, all kinds of cool things. If you want to check it out right now, go to tommyjohn.com Steve and get 25% off. That's the biggest discount we've offered yet. At tommyjohn.com Steve, 25% off at tommyjohn.com Steve. Let's get to the montage now. And raise your hand if you believe Jen Psaki was, was really crying there. That's what I thought. All right, so let's go ahead and move on. So I had not seen that comment from Jenna Ellis. For those of you that don't know who she is, I would imagine a lot of you do. Uh, she, is one of, she was one of President Trump's attorneys when he was in the White House. Okay? Uh, she's very smart. And frankly, like a lot of the women Trump handpicks... Um, a smoke show and smart and since that's pretty much every woman trump picks that cannot be a coincidence <laughs> are you smart are you hot apply here we're not here to hate on that are we we're not no. hating on that no not at all. okay so um but um she's dead wrong and I I had not seen that until just now in the montage. Otherwise, I would have responded to it yesterday. Like, I don't feel the need really to respond to NRO, surrender caucus people any longer. I just kind of feel like I've moved on from there. You know, like, like for the most part, that is an outlet that just does not exist to me. I don't you know share its work even when people i like write guest pieces over there i don't even share them anymore i mean it just it doesn't exist to me uh, 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 so i don't really care what charles cook thinks but if if maga world is has um a vestige of this sort of uh surrender now before it's too late in the interest of uh, 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 fairness um then we i think that needs to be confronted and stamped out amen amen so let's do that let's do so right now first of all uh, the the situations, and again, because I'm sure at least one of you is going to you know mention to her in some way, shape, or form what I'm about to say. So let me reiterate again, I have a lot of respect for her intellect. I just think she's dead wrong here. I don't think the situations are, are analogous on any level whatsoever, and here's why. In the case of Chick-fil-A, what was done to them was an attempt to use government to drive them out of business because of their political beliefs. In this case, is the DeSantis administration and the Florida legislature attempting to drive Disney out of business? Are they doing that? No. No. What are they doing? They're taking away a golden parachute. They're taking away favorable treatment that Disney is no longer deserving and was given to them as a company whose business model and values because they were one and the same. Because they were one and the same. Because they were one and the same. Meaning that the values that were their business model that they were communicating to the next generation through accomplished and successful and entertaining popular culture, the state had a vested interest in supporting that because it made for a better citizenry. It made for better people. Disney has now let it be known it's not necessarily down with that clown any longer, right? right? They've made that pretty clear. So then therefore, why are they deserving of this sort of extra favored status? They're not. They're not deserving of it. One of the things when I used to teach homeschool academy here in town, the worldview class, the students would ask me, what grade did you give me? And you know what I would always say? I didn't give you a grade. I gave you an assignment. You earned the grade. I wrote down the grade you earned. I've never given a grade. You earned the grade. That applies here, in my view. This is sow the wind, reap the whirlwind. Do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. We always reap what we sow. Disney made this decision of its own volition. It could have just kept its mouth shut and probably continued to subversively do content like The Proud Family, and none of this would have ever happened, right? Right. But they didn't choose that. They not only subversively abandoned their original vision of their founder, they are now offensively doing so. They're announcing they're going to do it. In fact, they're weaponizing that fact. They're lobbying for the advancement of these rot-gut values. They went to the government Himself to lobby for these things. It's not the same thing at all. Secondly, the reasons that government was seeking to punish each of these corporations aren't even close to morally equivalent. In the case of Chick-fil-A, they were being punished because their original founder reiterated that boys are boys, girls are girls, and the birds and the bees, and they were meant to marry each other and have children. Like one of the top three oldest truths in the history of our freaking species. What government is punishing Disney here for is grooming. The promotion of the delinquency of minors. Is that not a crime in all 50 states? Damn well should be. The peddling of soft core child porn. Or at least the gateway drug to it. The situations are not analogous. Frankly, the, the, the comparison she is making is like if one state executed a serial killer and another state executed a serial thief and then we were like, you know, it's really not fair that the serial thief got the same treatment. We wouldn't want that. It's, they're not the same. They're not even on the same plane of existence what's happening here. And all that, the, all that the legislature and the governor of Florida have done is take away the tax shelter, the regulatory shelter provided by government. That makes it easier for for Disney to do the business they now want to do. Disney is still now free to go out into the open market and see, as they've lost ten percent of their stock value in the last thirty days. They're now free to go out there and find out just how much of a direct market is this is there for this outside of a Twitter ratio. Good luck to you. But you will not be doing so any longer under the protection of the duly elected government of the state of Florida, because we represent here the people and not the interest of Disney. And I cannot believe Jenna made that case. It's dead wrong. It's not close. There's nothing correct about it at all. It's not analogous at all. Thirdly, we're at war. We are at war. And you do not win a war by dying for your cause, but making the other son of a bitch die for his. George S. Patton. Copyright. How many minds does was is has Disney poisoned or is planning to with that rot gut, sending them to moral children to moral and spiritual deaths? Nope. We're not subsidizing that here in Florida any longer. You're on your own. Peace out. They're not the same at all. The situations between Chick-fil-A and Disney aren't the same. There's no merit to that point whatsoever. Don't entertain it for a second. What's amazing about it to me
0: is that her legal uh, work on behalf of Donald Trump received more pushback on the right from anybody than the likes of David French yet here. She is not aware that she basically took the made French the, position. She basically said yeah. that drag queen story hour is a blessing. Of That's Liberty basically what she'll argument. say. Yes. Let, let, let me give it
2: this straight as well. Maybe it's different for you and the audience. Maybe it's different for you and Todd as well. I only know what the heck a Jenna Ellis is after November. What yeah. was it? Fifth, whatever, whatever it was back in 2020 because of some of the work that she did trying to, Uh, Prove election fraud and some of the work, you know, good work, at least trying to show prima facie evidence of that. You want to make the case that there are forces in this country that stole, not just poisoned the well, that stole this election. And you think that you can share a country with them? I know. No, that doesn't. That's totally 180 degrees, 90 degrees, whatever you want to call it incongruent those two things cannot be true at the same time
1: that's exactly right the same forces at work in trying that's that stole this last election are the same forces at work jenna trying to steal our children's innocence it's not the same thing in fact we are the argument we ought to be having is whether the state of florida was punitive enough it's not vengeance it's justice you're here You're not entitled to the goodwill of the people of Florida when you want to corrupt and crush and destroy their children, their most precious natural resource. You're lucky the gates to the Magic Kingdom are even open at all today. Furthermore, on a separate matter, Jesus is alive, idiot. That's the point of Easter. Goodness gracious. By the way, Matthew Dowd, you know where he came from? Can you guys guess? GW. George W. Bush administration, baby. Same place as Nicole Seawall's. I know. Yeah. My literary agent worked next to her in the White House, as a matter of fact. Okay. Yeah. Same place. And remember when we had to vote for george w bush to save america remember those days i remember being on my knees as a baby christian on that the night of that 04 election praying that he'd win ohio and win the presidency and save america as we're getting ready to bring another baby into the country i'm an idiot but
0: all of that just puts even more context into what you just said about jenna ellis know what time it is you want to go back to that
1: I I'm I just I can't believe I, I didn't see that. And so you're getting my instant raw reaction. I have no reaction when an irrelevant publication like National Review that just isn't relevant any longer. I, I don't have any reaction. But if we're going to have someone who has bled and 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 uh, and and sweat on the front lines on our behalf in the legal arena saying stuff like that. We have we got we need to take a timeout and make sure we all know what th- those of us claiming we know what time it is, what time it is, because the room temperature is about six hundred and sixty six degrees right now. All right. We're playing a game. All right. And it's called civilization and it's a steel cage match and two worldviews are entering here and only one of them's coming out. I promise you only one of them is coming out and I don't know how you prefer to play a game, but I like it when I win. Don't you guys like games better when you win? I like it better when I win. That's what I like. And and if I lost and it was fair at the end, do you feel better that you lost fairly? You know, it's, yeah, I, mean, I totally crapped out at the craps table, but it was fair. So I don't feel as bad. Is that, is that how you walk away feeling? No, I like it when I win. Especially given the stakes we're playing for here. The only thing we ought to be debating right now is if they went far enough in Florida. That's what we ought to be debating. Do you think this
0: was, you're doing this in real time, but you like these kind of questions. Do you think this was a test case by purposely put out by Trump because of how the public would react to it vis-a-vis his main competitor for the presidency is oh, obvious. Oh, you think a
1: Trump minion basically trying to bastardize something that makes DeSantis look good. Something like that. I, but, I hope that's not the case. I, 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 I don't know because I've never met the woman. You know, I just have admired her work from afar. Okay. I, so I don't know the answer to that, but I, I, I hope that's not the case. I, I really do. You wouldn't be shocked if it was, though. But, but you know what? Since you went there, let me go there. Is it just me? Or when Trump causes drama, it's about Trump. They underestimated my crowd size. They stole the. Ele- I I thought they stole the election from us. Actually, <laughs> I thought they stole it from us, not from you, dude. I thought they stole it from us. I didn't think it was about you. I thought it was about us. I thought they stole it from us. Okay. Um, uh, they they I was treated unfairly. They edited out me deceptively. And and frankly. Almost everything that he claims they did to him unjustly is true. They pretty much have done all those exact things. But have you noticed that when DeSantis causes drama, it's because they're doing things to us unjustly. Have you noticed this? He doesn't care what people say about him. He relishes it. That's exactly right. That's a major difference there. And it's something that I think, frankly, needs to be a lot more important to a lot more of you. I saw somebody who's a friend, and I respect them, tweet out Trump twenty four, DeSantis twenty twenty eight, save America. Guys, I I I would I I'd, I'd like to get to twenty twenty four. I can't even contemplate in my mind what America looks like. And what do you think this looks like in twenty twenty eight? No
0: idea. I have no idea. Actually, I do. On the course we currently are, it's it, it's my twenty sixteen prediction about twenty seventeen. Yeah, it's going to be worse.
1: Your oldest daughter is about to go to college, and on a given day, you don't know if today's the day they're going to tell her, hey, your scholarship's gone unless you let us poison you. You don't know that, do I you? I don't. Yeah, my, daughter just, my, my oldest daughter just got proposed to. They're getting married next year. I can't even imagine what, thing, what we'll be talking about at this time next year or, 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 or the time next year when they get married. And we're talking about 2028, I need the best person right now. Don't you? Don't you? Or do you need the best show? Now that doesn't mean Trump's not the best person, but show me you are. Show us you are. Not the best show. I don't have time for a show. I need scalps. And so do all of you within the sound of my voice. Scalps on a wall. Body counts in a cultural war grave. That's what we need here. There is a war taking place. Not a personality contest. I don't need, you're fired. I need, don't fire until you see the white of their eyes. But then once you do, make sure you fire. That's what I need. And so do you. I don't need any more drama about you, dude. I don't care. We're down here fighting for survival while you're hanging with Lindsey Graham at Mar-a-Lago. Give me a scalp taker, not a drama queen. You know, about 90 plus percent of our lives these days uh, are spent indoors, but a lot of our favorite moments are what happens outdoors. The fresh air, the feeling of peace, warmer weather is almost here. Allegedly in the Midwest. (laughs) All right. So let's make the most of it with Outer. They're the new outdoor furniture company with purposely designed furniture to get you outdoors more. They make the most beautiful, comfortable, innovative, and high quality outdoor furniture. And it's all from sustainable materials. And it's the only outdoor furniture with a patented built-in cover to make protecting it Effortless from chairs to fire pit tables, everything outer makes has the look and feel of what you'd expect at a five star resort. I walked through their catalog with uh, one of their people the other day. I mean, some truly stunning and impressive looking stuff. Uh, If you want to check it out for yourself or uh, if you want to take advantage of that outstanding catalog, get $300 off and free shipping for a limited time right now. When you go to liveouter.com slash Steve, that's $300 off and free shipping right now. When you go to liveouter.com slash Steve, let's bring in an activist on the ground in Tennessee. Gary Humble is here with us uh, from Tennessee stands. It's good to have you back with us, Gary. It's been a while. How you been brother?
3: Yeah, been great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we got to de- debut our commercial last time, uh, making fun of the governor's mask commercials.
1: That's right, I remember that. Yes. So <laughs> let's just start with a very simple question: What the hell is going on in your state right now, dude?
3: And and that's why I appreciate the time because look, the the headlines will tell you that Tennessee, you know, we have a supermajority Republican legislature, so we're just we're just conservative freedom land over here. And, um, you know, I would say, respectively, uh, we are a conservative state when you when you look at other states. But the truth is the things that this GOP leadership continues to put forward in our legislature um, are very, very leftist uh, leaning policies and um, including the folks that are moving here from California, you know, which I really consider freedom refugees. They're looking around saying, what the hell are y'all doing? This is what was happening in California 15 years ago. You're on your way. To become a blue state really quickly. So, um, you know, what's happening right now, which we alerted you to, is HB 1201, which is a piece of legislation that essentially is going to silence the voices of grassroots conservative organizations across the state. And you've got organizations like Tennessee Stands, the Tennessee Firearms Association, Americans for Prosperity, the Beacon Center. You've got national organizations like the NRA, CPAC, and the Center for Renewing America have all sent letters and sent messaging to the legislature saying, don't pass this bill. It's unconstitutional, and it, and it's a, an affront to free speech. And uh, what they're trying to do is specifically regulate 501c4 organizations like Tennessee Stands um, who promote social, um, advocacy work on behalf of issues. And they're saying that within 60 days of any election, if we simply mention the name of a political candidate, we now have to register as a PAC Hmm. and report expenditures and expose our entire donor list to the state of Tennessee. Why? Transparency.
1: So you guys put out a voter guide, an education effort with no endorsement, This is just, you know, we we even interviewed the candidates and this is where they told us they were. And it's just simple education. We take no position whatsoever. That's all that it is. You now are treated as a political action committee for even doing that.
3: That's correct. 60 days before uh, before an election. Uh, we like when most people state, are paying attention, basically. When, when, when they need to see a voter guide, right? When they need to know how their elected officials voted. So we we know this is not about transparency. We we affectionately call this the uh, Incumbent Protection Act or, or perhaps the Rhino Preservation Act. Um, that's what this is.
1: So this is a state where, by the way, Blaze Media, we just built studios, ancillary studios out there. That's where our colleague Jason Whitlock lives. Uh, the Daily Wire just moved its entire... Corporate headquarters to your neck of the woods. I believe that's where Clay Travis and OutKick Their corporate stuff is located out there as well, and so. But he's a Tennessee native, so he's been there for a while. But in the other two cases, I mean, we were companies looking for a place that looked like a place of you know that was going to support freedom. And Daily Wire moved from L.A. to your back to your backyard, as just one example. Now you're telling us that the Republican Party leadership in your state is attempting to put levers in place that allows them to crush the grassroots from holding them accountable to any internal standard whatsoever basically
3: well in in, a, in effect that that's what it's going to do their their talk, their talking point however is this this is really not about squashing the conservative voice or the voice of dissent from what we now know are their establishment policies i mean the the problem they have is that through covid um, especially since we've gotten vocal with Tennessee stands, people are now paying attention. People are are getting woke, uh, the the real kind of woke. They're they're coming out of their stupor and their slumber, and they're seeing these policies for what they are. And they're seeing, you know, that where, where you used to think, we're a Republican state, we have nothing to worry about," and they're understanding that that's not the case. And so these folks are worried. It's an election year, and they're concerned. And interestingly, I, I want to make this point. So uh, about a month ago. I announced my candidacy to run for state Senate, and I'm running against our Senate Majority Leader, who's who's my, currently my state senator here in Williamson County. So interestingly, what has happened is, after I made that announcement, this bill came out. The Speaker of the House, Cameron Sexton, went on a, a, a radio tour across the state, and personally named, named me by name, Gary Humble, and compared me to George Soros, and... <laughs> And made this accusation. He says, "Well, how do we know that Gary Humble is not using Tennessee stands to funnel corporate dark money from his 501c4 into his campaign?" So what you mean? What would people
1: like him do, essentially?
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and what people with him do, like him do, from outside out out of state money? Correct. uh, With all of these special interest packs, we we know they do that.
1: So. Maybe I'm I'm reaching here and if I am slap my hand away, okay? But this this seems Reach, kind of Steve. similar to the whole thing about what's going on in that congressional district in your state, okay?
3: In the 5th? Yeah, yeah,
1: because what it, what it looks like to me, and again, I I I I got the 10,000 foot view. You're the guy on the ground, so correct me if I'm wrong, okay? What it looks like to me is they had this Trump anointed carpetbagger woman come in, this Ortega's come in and they and they put her on fox news like on every show for like two weeks trying to raise her name ID and and thought that they would be able to get somebody that would play ball with the system a quick congressional seat that didn't play and and they recognized that and she couldn't qualify for the ballot so they had to kick her off but they didn't want to set it up that somebody that wouldn't do business with them uh, could take advantage of that open slate. So they kicked Robbie Starbuck off and basically rebooted the process so that they can handpick who goes in there. Am I dead wrong about that?
3: Uh, Steve, that's a very contentious topic. Uh, I'm, I'm, my county is in the 5th District. Um, I, I think you're spot on. And it's interesting to me that from a, from a third party looking in, an outsider's perspective, um, that that's what you're seeing. Because look, here here's what we know. Uh, whether it be the 5th Congressional District, or you, you just pick an issue in our state, um, nothing happens in our Republican legislature that is not first blessed by the governor and then blessed by the lieutenant governor and the Speaker of the House. And in Tennessee, our lieutenant governor is our Speaker of the Senate. So unless you have the blessing of the speakers of each uh, portion of our General Assembly, the bill's not passing. And it, it really doesn't matter how many people are for It really doesn't matter how many conservative uh, organizations speak for or against. If you don't have the, the blessing of leadership in this state, it just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. and I, I, I think that's exactly what you're seeing play in. So the two stories tie
1: together rights. as I suspected, basically.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So This so is how we operate.
1: You had your reasons why you wanted to come on, which is to get this story out. Okay. Let me tell you what my reasons for wanting to put you on are, other than the fact that's a really cool set behind you. <laughs> all right. Um, the, the, because I want our audience to understand why we haven't had Ron DeSantis in Tennessee, Kansas, Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, Oklahoma, uh, Missouri, all the Wyoming, Idaho, all these red states where, I, I mean, you're almost ashamed, except in a few couple of urban areas to be uh, described as a Democrat. And then in some of those states that don't have huge urban areas, they don't even know what a Democrat is. And yet here we have a state that is one of the most contentious swing states in the country. And, and and a guy and a team of people get elected that actually have the will to follow through on things, and they're about to turn that state in one less than one term redder than Texas. And ironically, the Republican Party is the biggest beneficiary of this. There's been a 300,000 voter swing from registered Democrats to registered Republicans since Ron DeSantis took over you would think they would be celebrating this right okay you would you think other Republican states would be like wow this is the path to victory and yet they're not and here's a state like yours that was red long before Florida got recognized as a red state at about 18 months ago, all right? And 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 this is why. This is and I think our audience they need to understand, Gary, the in, the that the infrastructure that's in place in all of these various red states, the spirit of the age didn't just say, "Hey, we're only going to just sign up Democrats." They're not the spirit of the age ain't dumb they're not like us they don't sit around and sweat out election outcomes they've got people working both sides of the street and so no matter who wins it's just a magnitude of their of 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 who plays ball to what magnitude and to what degree and that's what you guys are going up against right now and you're living through it firsthand and i wanted our audience to hear a first person testimony of this
3: yeah and i appreciate that and it's and it's important to make the point again in a in a supermajority Republican state, this year in our legislative session, we could not pass a bill that would actually keep pornography and obscene materials out of our public schools. We we couldn't do it, couldn't get it done. We we could not pass a bill that would allow employees and and consumers to make their own medical decisions, that, to decide if they wanted a vaccine. Or not. we couldn't get that passed. We couldn't pass a patients' rights bill where people have a right to have visitors. You know, even if they have COVID in the hospital, we we couldn't pass a parents' rights bill. We could not pass any election integrity efforts. All of these measures this year in our in in this general assembly died in committee. Never even made it to the floor. So look, we we have a a, a huge establishment problem in Tennessee, and I think grassroots conservatives across the country need to wake up and get active and we we've got to take this party back or we've got to do something because look the folks in control they know what they're doing and um and it's and it's like you said man i I honestly i don't know what the answer is i can't understand why the republican party at large can't look at florida and realize the path they're taking it's the win if if you if if you want to increase and embolden the republican party you engage the grassroots conservatives and they'll come out and support you we're seeing it happen in florida I don't know why we can't figure that out here in Tennessee.
1: People want to follow what's going on or learn more about you and your organization, Gary. How do they do that?
3: Uh, check out TennesseeStands.org, dot org. Uh, we're on every bit of social media, and of course, love for you to check out GaryHumbleForSenate.com. dot com. We're going, going, uh, going against the grain here in Tennessee.
1: Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, brother. You bet. Gentlemen, your thoughts.
0: Gary is dead right about uh, Florida and the win. Uh, but what's plaguing Tennessee is what plagued uh, Governor Nome up in uh, South Dakota. It's the same thing. It's Chamber of Commerce uh, interests uh, that are n- n- in no way uh, tethered to the the uh, what has been understood as the foundational moral underpinnings of the Republican Party. Those we know those are wink and nod for a very very long time. But now it's not even a wink and a nod. It's just flat out saying, yeah, you. We we don't agree with those things at all. If they are prioritizing, even in states like South Dakota and Tennessee, that we don't pass the things Gary talked about, Uh, we we are just simply cutthroat ministers of uh spreadsheets and that means human beings are nothing more than widgets uh, to these people and so that's why tennis there, there's going to this is why the point about Texas yesterday sooner or later Texas is going to be a toss yeah, up if state you, if, yep. if you
1: if you I agree uh, if they keep tenderizing the yes. meat like that I agree because what we're really describing here is just Aaron it's really just low tax um, a low tax version of what the spirit of the age wants yep. uh, and a minor version of it. But you can also have private gun ownership. I, I'm fiscally if you want.
0: conservative, but yep. morally liberal. Yep. It's yep. the same yep. nonsense. The, the, the,
1: the, this game so, hasn't
2: ended. You, you know, right? Texas going purple or toss up guys, that's going to be the best thing for Texas. Actually. I, I at least I believe so, because it'll clarify once and for all, if there is a groundswell, a grassroots of people who are truly capable of, of organizing and putting together something that resembles what, what Florida is doing right now. And Todd's point about how the establishment GOP, really just the swamp, or the unibrow, as, as our friend Shannon likes to call them, it really, it's a perfect picture of how they see you, especially um, especially uh, on the Republican side. You're just chattel. You're just there to be a good little boy or little girl. Show up vote. and shut up and vote. Shut yep. up and vote. Yep. That's all you're worth to them. And we'll give you lower taxes and uh, gut rot. That's That's what... So until these states... Until the apparatus is truly punished whether it's by their own citizens or whether it's by the other side, because they have so depressed their own base. You're going to keep getting this over and over and over again. So I think actually, I I think some of these deep red States like Tennessee and Texas starting to go purple. I know we're not talking about that with Tennessee, but with, with Texas, that could actually be a very good thing, a very good thing, at least in the long run. The problem is, as we've talked about before and we talked about last segment, I don't know how long a run we have.
1: Yeah, I, I just, I don't have any long-term analysis anymore. I, I just don't. I mean, on a day-to-day basis, I'm, I come to work and talk about things that three or four or five years ago I would have never envisioned. I didn't even know what they were. I, guys, <sighs> do you think I knew what a coronavirus was in 2018 or 19? I had mm-hmm. no idea what it was. Didn't care. It wasn't, it wasn't no. a part of what I got into this business to do. You sat
0: next to an, and hired an anti-vaxxer. How often did you ever ask me about yeah, it? Yeah,
1: just, we, it was almost never, never ever discussed. No. Okay. Um, it's just, I mean, the, the, the level of devolution here is at such a swift and rapid pace that I, I just don't think, here's the long-term plan, man. Um, survive. This is We're like in an NCAA tournament mode. You don't start March Madness uh, contemplating your path to the national championship game you start by I got to win the next game (laughs) you know survive in advance survive in advance so along those lines I'm going to walk you through my own personal interaction with the spirit of the age because I think it's instructive if you're a pastor if you're a parishioner if you're a patriot this is going to be a very instructive conversation, I think, for you to know what you're up against next. Back with hour two live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erz and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Email the show Steve at SteveDace.com. You can also look for us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. Follow us at Steve Day Show on Twitter and Getter. Uh, get clips of the show at rumble.com slash Show. And don't forget, if you're a podcast listener, if you haven't yet done this, please consider leaving us a five-star review if you like us. And then also uh, hitting the subscribe and follow button. We want to thank each and every one of you that have done one of those things for us already. I want to thank Built Bar for making the absolute greatest protein bar of all time. It can be a snack, it could be a meal replacement, a protein supplement, all of the above, and it does so absolutely deliciously. All right, all flavors covered in real chocolate, loaded with protein, packed with flavor, not packed, though, with carbs and calories and sugar. It has the taste of a candy bar. In fact, they've got some flavors. The chocolate chip cookie dough and coconut brownie chunk and mint brownie, just to give you a few examples of the flavors of bilt bar, are better than just about any actual candy bar I've tried, except these things have real nutritional value. Don't make the choice between health. And flavor and taste any longer when you go with our friends at Built Bar. Go to built.com, B U I L T. That is the website for Built Bar. Built.com, B U I L T. Get 15% off right now when you use the promo code DACE, D E A C E, my last name. That's the promo code to get 15% off at Built Bar over at built.com. So for Theology Thursday, uh, I had lunch with, uh, I want to take a, a one week break from Scott Atlas's book. And it's not just because even I need a break, because I do. But um, that book, it's an onslaught.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I, I thought this would be the perfect time for us to have a conversation about going on offense, just as a little break from what it looks like when we are completely on defense and don't even try offense, which is the entire Scott Atlas book, right?
0: I got to say, because I'll forget it by next time, but the, the chapter we're going dis- to, we were supposed to discuss, it may as well have been titled. Have I made it clear by now that Debbie Burks is terrible?
1: Yes. That's pretty much it. Yes. So I, I had lunch with my pastor yesterday and we talked for a couple of hours about a, a lot of things and, um, you know, just a private conversation amongst friendly believers. But one part of that conversation, I want to relay uh, to you guys that we were just discussing the church culture, where we're at in history, just kind of, you know, a general, um, you know, session of discussion. And we got into, and and I thought he made a great analogy when he said, you know, when I, when I got, when I got into the ministry in the eighties, so he just turned 60, I believe when I got into the ministry in the eighties, the, the discussion was about people had the, had the wrong operating system. They were operating a sin-based system or a false religion-based operating system using a computer analogy. Okay. He goes, What I see now is people don't have an operating system. They're trying to, you know, make assumptions based on the acknowledgement of some variation of objective fact or truth that you would start previous conversations with in other eras, it's just not there. The critical thinking's not there. And one of the things, listening to him describe this, I said, you know, what you're describing, and I want to share this with all of you, what you're describing is that if you were a pastor in America in any other era until now, you would have tried to reach your community that your ministry was planted in before or after They had fallen prey to destructive behaviors, sin, right? We, we, we tend to want our sinful desires satiated and then we will concoct or reverse engineer some form of philosophy or theology to justify that fact or validate that it was okay. When we can't do that, we then fall into further acts of self-medication, addictions, things of that nature in order to cover Uh, both the wounds that caused us to act out in sin and then the shame we feel for it afterwards and this destructive cycle and how do I break free of this, right? It's it's one of the reasons why over the years on this show, we've interviewed numerous people that have left homosexuality behind and they all had the same thing in common. The gospel was the instrument that propelled them out of that pit because they had these desires. They then acted on these unnatural desires and now though, The shame either becomes so much that they get into drugs and everything else with it, or they concoct a false theological narrative to validate it. That's a lot of the what we've seen in the culture war for the last couple of decades, right? And I pointed out to him, here is how things have changed. You're now trying; you're no longer trying to reach people before they engage in destructive behaviors or after they are, and so that you can rescue them from that pit. You're trying to stop people from destructive belief. Not that the effect of the belief is destructive. The effect that I had these same-sex desires and I believe I I have to act on them. And if I don't, then I'm not being my real self. And then I concoct a belief system to justify the act, right? Mm -hmm. The beliefs themselves are destructive, not the effect of them but the intent of them from the outset are destructive so we were talking about last hour with the grooming the intent of believing this is destruction and I want to spread this destruction I have an appetite for destruction it's not just the title of a Guns N' Roses album any longer I I want you to share in this destruction and if you don't well, then you're just a terrible person. This has changed the way we evangelize or even just engage politically and socio-culturally, and philosophically as a people. This also explains why when there are people who have engaged in the destructive behaviors that the spirit of the age used to affirm and then they are still succumbing to those behaviors and desires but refuse to go so far as to embrace the destructive beliefs follow me now i'm preaching okay when they refuse to go to the next level of i will now affirm your dis meaning my behaviors may lead to my personal destruction but i'm not signing up for the collectivist destruction of your beliefs those have to be stopped If I refuse to do that. I'm not gay anymore. I'm not blankety blank any longer. I'm not a feminist anymore. See my point. Mm -hmm. I have to embrace the destructive beliefs. It's not just enough any longer to embrace the destructive behaviors. And. And people will embrace destructive beliefs when they are empty slates, empty vessels. Critical thinking. This is what we were talking about last week, the difference between pagan and demonic. Even in pagan cultures, there was honor. There was meritocracy. It often led to bloodshed. No, I'm the new king. I'm the new chief, right? But those, those, those God- Given encoded instincts within our imago day were there. They were totally warped and bastardized by their pagan belief system, but they were the instincts were there still. They couldn't escape the the image and who in whose image they were made, even if they had no idea who this unknown god was or had rejected him. We aren't doing that any longer. Meritocracy—that's racist. I'm not male or female we're we're no longer seeking to engage in a self-delusion or deception of taking the characteristics that God made us with and using them to fuel and feed our sinful desires. We don't want the characteristics at all. I I don't I'm not even tempted to abuse sex. I'm just going to be a shut in and not go to approach women at all and create an entire internet community of this. See the difference. Oh, yeah. The belief in and it of itself, the behavior used to be the sinful behavior was destructive. But the reason we fell for the temptation is because it was rooted in a need or a God given need characteristic or desire. It's just our sin warped that and then caused us to behave in pursuit of that desire or need or trait in destructive ways. We're now talking about beliefs themselves intent on and dis- meant for destruction. You need to smash the stained glass windows alongside me. We've gone from Muslims taking over the old Catholic cathedrals of Europe and putting the, the crescent there and claiming them as their own to now we're just nihilist. We're going to burn them to the ground like they never existed. Can I tell you how many horror films are being made. It started with paranormal activity about 10 years ago. How many horror movies are being made now about the demonic realm? acknowledging that transcendence exists but a righteous spiritual realm as an answer to it is never even considered we're on our own the only transcendence acknowledged now is hell and the and and down below there is no transcendence acknowledged from up above
0: the only reality is that there isn't one
1: that's exactly right and so I had a conversation, and I i don't know what he's doing now. I've not heard the name Roland Martin in several years. Used to be around on BET and CNN. Used to kind of be a Tavis Smiley kind of critical thinking, black intellectual liberal. I don't know what he's doing anymore. I do know he's got 600% more Twitter followers than me, so he must be doing something, okay? Must have some audience, all right? But the other night, um, he tweeted out a picture, and it was... A picture of him on a plane allegedly I don't even know if this is real okay or it was a picture taken before or the same day who knows all right but he wrote and this was after the federal court ruling in Florida getting rid of the mask mandate I don't give a damn what some grossly unqualified Donald Trump judge said I'm double masked and wearing goggles in the Nashville to DC flight I had COVID in December y'all can kiss my ass about me not wanting it again and any fool saying they don't matter is a damn liar Okay. I saw this picture and responded thusly. Pictured. What's happened to American manhood? By the way, his entire face is not even covered, right? I mean, you look at how small the particles of the virus are. They could just get right through that side area there that's totally exposed between the mask, the double mask, and the and the goggles. You see you see my point? As it, it, it has always been. Yeah, yeah, he's not even hermetically sealed. He's not even protected in what he is wearing. Okay. But he apparently saw this and then started to rant at me. And I want you to look at these rants. All right. Hey, Steve Day Show, was Bob Enyart a man? Now, I actually knew Bob Enyart many years ago. I lost track of him. He was uh, a pro-life warrior. He did die of COVID. I mean, just my career took me in different directions. And you have, you're, you're close to people in a certain season and you're not any longer. Um, but Bob Enyart was a pro-life conservative talk show host in Denver, Colorado. Um, what about Todd Tucker? I, I don't know who Todd is. I'm sure he was a great dude. Uh, another conservative talker dead of COVID. How about Dick Farrell? Again, I, I, I don't know who that is. Uh, Phil Valentine was a big time syndicated talker based out of Nashville. Uh, he was dead of COVID as well. Now see the, the implication is here, of course. Uh, this, you know what? We'll get to the implications in a moment. Let's just continue through this. Shall we go on, Steve Day Show? You right-wing MAGA idiots are stupid, and so are the fools who listen to you. You punks claim to be pro-life, but tell me about those conservative talkers due to dead, or, that are dead due to COVID. Herman Cain? Question mark. Add him to the conservative talker dead of COVID list. Next. Come on, Steve Day Show. And then he started uh, bringing in some guy named Matt Murphy. Poor Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh got roped into this. Maybe they commented on him too. I don't know. All right. Please, by all means, tell me about conservative preacher Bishop Harry Jackson, who beat cancer but died of covid. You think his family regrets going maskless at the Amy Coney Barrett mass spreader event? I think that's where this is going with the next tweet, Aaron. Can you go to the next one, please? Um, At the White House. Yeah, I said it. You idiots can try to mock all day, but there are families of those dead conservative talkers who wish they'd never listened to fools like you. Now, keep in mind, he has already admitted that he, has, he had took, he's taken all their safety precautions and still had a nasty case of COVID despite the precautions anyway. He admitted this first before he started down this road. Keep this in mind. Finally, he concluded with this. See, Steve Show, a smart man doesn't endanger his family, doesn't leave them without a father, husband, uncle, cousin, provider. No, y'all just love to lead your idiot listeners down the path of stupidity. I don't give a damn about any of you. Fake-ass family values. He doesn't care so much that he sent me a five-tweet thread. So, this is how I responded this morning. And I want to walk you through this and why I did it this way. Okay? So, when I responded to him, do you have those? One moment. Okay. Here we go. So, he put up a tweet from um, the Adams guy. Uh, What's his first name? Jerome. Jerome Jerome Adams. Adams. Okay. All right. From Jerome Adams, who was Trump's Surgeon General. All right? Uh, saying why he's going to continue to wear a mask on his Delta flight despite the court ruling and everybody else should still wear a mask, blah, 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 blah. So the implication is because this guy worked for an administration that I voted for, I should not think for myself or have any of my own ideas or any of my own values. I should just go in lockstep with him. That That's essentially the the fallacy that's being asserted here. Here's how I responded to that, Okay. Uh, he said, are you calling Jerome Adams? Are you going to trash him? My answer. Yeah. yeah yes, I am. Actually, uh, I'm going to do that because Adams is a complete and total fool. I don't care if he was even once an apostle. There's always a Judas. Uh, see, unlike you, I don't live by an identity politic. This is an extension of his identity politics. And he's just transcended this beyond race and into everything else. Okay. I don't live by identity politics. I live by truth. And in my feed, there's upteen data that shows masks don't work. I also sent him a link. If you click on that link, by the way, it is Jerome Adams at the beginning of the the pandemic telling people to stop being stupid and wearing masks against coronavirus because they don't work. That's what that link was to. All right. Next, I also reminded him all of your protections did nothing to stop you from getting a nasty case of COVID by your own admission. So who leans even harder into the idols that didn't help them before? I'll give you a hint. Not someone who is a critical thinker, but another word that starts with the letter C. And that word is, you're in a cult, dude. You're in a cult. Breathe the free air again. Be a man again. Check your vitamin D levels. Eat better. Work out. Because over 80% of COVID hospitalizations are either morbidly obese or vitamin D deficient. Give up on identity politics in all forms. Follow the truth. Now, I have given him a very specific stat. He could question that. Ask my source for that, right? Yes. He could, he could counter it, okay? Here's how he chose to come back. Let's see. Shall we get medical advice from an actual doctor like Jerome Adams or right-wing bloviator Steve Day show? Tell me how the families of those five right-wing conservative talk show hosts who died of COVID are doing, Steve. Have you checked on them? If not, shut the bleep up. Again, this is a fallacy,
0: okay? Yes. May I? This tweet brings us full circle to his original tweet yeah. where he's yeah. a left-wing bloviator yes. lecturing people about what to do medically Correct. in the face of what is now uh, been recommended to do so what exactly is his standard
1: well we're about to find out okay so i concluded with another thread okay here's how i responded I I flipped his premise back against him. Let's see, should we listen to medical advice from just one side that keeps prescribing things that have proven that they don't work and may even cause harm, or should we listen to people like a Peter McCullough MD or a Pierre Corey MD say, I've got doctors too. I can make appeals to authority too, and so many others for a second opinion. And then I asked him, hey, have you bothered to check in on those harmed by the jab or lockdowns? Have you had them on your show? Have you checked in on them at all? Let's continue on in that thread. I said, last year, this was a number one bestseller. It has more footnotes than pages. Be a truth seeker. Read it. Try to discredit it. I invite him. Try to discredit it. If you can't, be freed by it. The truth sets us free from a spirit of fear and unsound mind. You don't have to live like this. Next, you have come at me now with numerous rants, none of them offering any data, any facts, any truth whatsoever. None. None. Just false appeals to authority while rejecting counter-authorities, guilt by association. Uh, so, I, you know, if, if you ever th- said MAGA or voted MAGA, you couldn't possibly read or think for yourself. Boy, if I'd have thought that way, I'd have never gotten to know people like Naomi Wolf, Alex Berenson, on and on, the Pierre Corey, who's a man of the left, by the way. I've just never gotten to know any of these people. But I didn't do that. I didn't do guilt by association. I followed the truth. And you're just this is an extension of your identity politics that isn't healthcare, let alone truth. That is a cult. Next. Kick warm tongue to the curb, Theoden. Breathe the free air again. Be cautious. Yes, but follow the data. I've helped thousands of people find professional treatment for covid thousands of them, which is deadly and serious. If we've never underestimated that on this show? If anything, we thought it was being underestimated the other way. Uh, It's the solutions you've fallen for. They're what's not serious, nor are they solutions. Finally, the reason you look and sound ridiculous is because what you believe is ridiculous. You're not the hero of the story. You're its victim. You can either accept that and give up your victimology... Or continue to wallow in it, in which case you then cease being a victim. You're now a collaborator. And then I quoted Galatians 4.16. What does Paul say there in Galatians 4.16? Have I become your enemy? Because I tell you the truth. Then I had someone made this point to me. who said, hey, if you want to make Roland Martin go away, shut up and never say anything to you again, ask him, uh, should biological men compete in women's sports? Ask this repeatedly. He won't answer and we'll scurry away so you won't have to. Shocking. Shocking, indeed. But here's the thing. Because we're dealing now with no longer political debates, but, but spiritual manifestation, political manifestations of spiritual cultic beliefs, I replied this way. I don't want him to go away. Just yet. First, I want to see if him and many others made in God's image, caught in the trap of this demonic spirit of the age, can be freed from it. Then, if it becomes obvious they prefer the pit, dust will be kicked from sandals. So then I waited. I, I, I looked for the next couple of hours, and all he did was respond with variations of a hole and other pejoratives. Again, no facts, no counters, nothing. So at that point I did the Twitter equivalent of dust from sandals and just muted him. So then I would move on now, understanding that he was already given over to identity politics before this already began. And so he was already being, remember we've talked about COVID is not an outlier. It's a harvest. People like Roland Martin had already been groomed to accept that compliance was the highest order of citizenship. He'd already been groomed. Okay. So he was already prepared to accept a narrative from the group that he identified with, whether it was true or not. Did I expect him to actually look at our book? No, no. But I offered it to him nevertheless. Yes. Right? Did I expect him to e- to counter with any facts or truth? No, no because I've seen his work before and I've debated people like him on national television dozens of times. So I knew it was highly unlikely that unless God was specifically at work in Roland Martin in this way that I could reach him. Okay? So why did I do this? A. Just in case I might have been wrong about those things because I'm not God, am I? No. Can I read other people's hearts? No. Can I, can I read other people's consciences? No. No. So is it likely I was right? Yeah. yeah. Was it certain that I was? No. No. So the only way I would find out is what? Well, iron sharpening iron. Yeah. So I did this. Let's find out if he's reachable. Yeah. Let's find out. So that's A. I don't know for sure. A. Okay. B. I think that I needed to provide you in the audience a first person back and forth testimonial I'm involved in for you to see what I'm talking about. And, and what I'm talking about and how to respond to this. I'm confrontational, not disrespectful, but I'm confrontational. And I'm, but I'm also giving him an out. I'm respectfully confrontational, not taking any of his BS on any level at all. And I'm calling him on it. But I'm not out to destroy him. I'm out to destroy the shibboleth that has in, that's imprisoning him. Now, in the end, if he won't let me pry it from his cold, dead fingers, he has made his choice. I have fulfilled my obligation, which is C. I fulfilled my obligation. I'm, I'm here to deliver a message. Not, not fashion and guarantee an outcome. I'm not a sovereign being. So I'm just here to deliver a message. So I accomplished C. And then there's D. Between him and I's combined social media audiences, what are the odds there's at least one person who's kind of on the edge of realizing, what am I doing here? What am I believing here? See my point? Yeah. But they were just looking to see if, if there were, is there, is, are there objective reasons for why I think this might be wrong? And, and that might be sellable, might be persuadable. And now I'm using him as a platform to reach a wider audience beyond him. At the same time, I'm trying to reach him. We've checked all four of those boxes. I didn't give him his premise at all. I gave him no quarter No ground whatsoever. I didn't accept any of his fallacies on any level at all. I didn't debate my ideas versus his because his ideas aren't rooted in any fact or truth. So I've got to introduce the truth before we even get to what my ideas of those of of, of what that truth means. We even get to that point. See, we used to debate what we thought our ideas of that truth meant. We're not there anymore. We got to debate. What is the truth now? I'll get you guys' thoughts on this here in a minute after I tell you about our friends over at Home Title Lock. Uncertainty, like the war in Europe right now, is exactly what a lot of identity thieves who, frankly, come from foreign countries. uh, this This is exactly the uncertainty they're looking for, especially with American homeowners. Our home values have gone up quite a bit over the last few years. Our home deeds are kept online. That's the only thing we have that proves we own them. And they're in uh, too often hackable databases. These uh, foreign identity thieves go there, make it look like you've sold your home to them on a quick claim deed. They start taking out uh, loans or liquidating against your equity. And you often won't find out until the kinds of things show up in the mailbox or your inbox you never want to see. All right. That's where our friends at home title lock come in. They can help protect you when your mortgage lender and your homeowner's insurance cannot check them out at home lock.com. Register your address right now. Find out if you're already a victim and you don't even know it when you head over to home lock.com. All right. Thoughts.
0: Well, yeah, you owe it uh, to these people as a follower of Christ to show them exactly the nature of, of their prodigal son status you you need they'll never turn around and go home to the father unless they understand that they are swimming in animal feces they're actually that that's their food literally
1: they're on the pig pods yeah Yep.
0: that and listen again you're not you're called as a Christian in all things on some level to be uncomfortable go to nineveh going to nineveh in this case meant steve making this guy uncomfortable and that by extension even though steve and i are like more comfortable with this kind of thing with most people it doesn't mean we wouldn't rather be doing other more relaxing things but we're called to this you are called to engage with the Roland Martins in your life. They're all over the place. Please do not think that because you don't have a show that they aren't there. You're lying to yourself. You just don't want to do this. You have to. Otherwise, you will be living more and more, and you already are, in Roland Martin's world.
1: And you will sentence your children to have to confront these sorts of instincts violently. Because that's how the history book always ends. Okay? Okay. If we do not get more comfortable with the kind of confrontation you're talking about, peaceably, you are going to sentence your children and grandchildren to have to confront these instincts. They're not going away. You're going to force them to confront this in another era that's not too far down the road violently. Aaron.
2: Yeah, and I I think this was a, you know, most of the time... If it's an, if this type of confrontation happened in real life, you know immediately that there is at some level some questioning, some questioning about um, uh, uh, one's own motives. In other words, I, I believe conversations like this don't happen uh, because people just don't have the, the the confidence in their own in their own beliefs to actually confront or be confronted with them face-to-face. So that's why they hide behind the keyboards. I think it was uh, Mr. T. It was that rule, that that uh, that thing that he dropped a couple of years ago. There are too many people feel way Ice too tea. comfortable. Ice-T, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. So no, Mr. T's
1: still masking up. Yeah. Well, we lost him to the spirit that, of the age, too. Yeah, yeah
2: Ice-T. It's that. So I would just say on the online sphere, if people come to you in bad faith, auto-mute. People come back like that. Try to engage for a little bit. Never give up the premise.
1: Three non-political questions will be next. Stay tuned. The three-week rule could be some of the best financial advice you'll ever get if You practice it with our friends over at ScoreMaster. Why wait three weeks? Well, this isn't like COVID. Just wait two weeks. No. Uh, If you wait three weeks, that's about, on average, um, how long it takes a ScoreMaster user to raise their credit score about 60 points. Because they give you the transparent information on you that you deserve to have. Right? I mean, a lot of your... Credit card companies will give you a credit score now, you know, for free that you can check all the time. But will they show you exactly why you have that score? And then furthermore, will they show you exactly how to get to the score that you want, what you need to do, Uh, a plan of action and help you navigate it? I used ScoreMaster last fall to help me get to the score I wanted to, to get to an obscenely low interest rate for our refi. So I've seen firsthand how it can work. Now you can do the same as well. Try ScoreMaster for free and see how many plus points that you can add to your credit score in how long when you go to scoremaster.com slash steve scoremaster.com slash steve let's get to three non-political questions Yeah, for about the uh, first
2: time in two or three editions of three non-political questions, I did not have three questions ready to go this morning. I did have them ready to go before the show, but not this morning. So the quality of these questions is probably... Uh, On par with what we're used to. On par with what you... Thank you. Thank you. Expectations low. I appreciate that. Uh, question Because then I don't have to work as hard. Question number one, if there was one thing in the Bible, historically or theologically, that's not clear to you, that you could have it answered right now, right away, right now, what one thing would that be?
1: Uh, um, end of days. What is, what is I don't know, when I say that, I don't mean it's not my place to know the time and the hour. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. What I'm talking about is what is what is jewish apocalyptic idioms and metaphors written by a jewish writer in the in the case of both John the apostle in revelation and Daniel for example in the old testament so these are these are references and colloquialisms and euphemisms that would have been understood by that time period so are we so so that we're understanding them properly What is meant to be taken futuristically? What was meant, what was, what, if anything, was written almost as a cipher, if you will, because it was, it was written at a time of deep Roman persecution. And so some of these may be references that are coded references to Rome and what was happening at that time in church history. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's what I would, how to rightly divide that work. That's what I would ask. Okay. Because the, the thing I feel the strongest about as a Christian are the bookends. In the beginning, God made, and it was good. In the beginning, man sinned, and we are bad. Um, And that's why we need a Savior. We need a Messiah, because we can't close the chasm that exists between us and a holy God. In the end, that Messiah returns, and... Judges the nations and, and distributes ultimate justice and wipes the tear from every eye. What I struggle with beyond my own sinfulness, but I'm not struggling with that from a theological perspective. I'm struggling with that in my flesh, okay? What I struggle with theologically and I wonder about is if I'm giving you, for example, with the platform that I have and the calling that I have on my life to do this for a living, for example... Am I offering the right threat level, or too much or too little? And a and 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 a, a, a true and rightful dividing of that work would help me to better understand the answer to those questions. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So, for example, if are we is it possible that we're living in a futuristic, left behind kind of end of days right now? If that's the case, well then we should actually if we think that that's more likely there should be a more direct evangelistic approach to our show because the time is short soon the door will be shut right mm-hmm. okay if it's if what we're living in is more of um a a representation if the beast that comes out of the sea is the city of man as Augustine saw it and the church is the city of God and that these are two entities that just essentially vie for dominion and supremacy back and forth through time, these two kingdoms until Christ returns. Well, then we're really more talking about something on a culture war level where evangelism is still important, but it it's not like exclusive, like the time is running short. Judgment is going to come from on high you know, try to reach as many people with the, do you see my point? Yeah. Because I'm not explicitly an evangelist. I'm not explicitly a pastor. I do a show whose intent is to reach a broad audience. I want to use that broad. I want to reach that broad audience with a specific message, but am I using the time that I have as the the most wisely um, with the right understanding of the threat level for the times in which we live? That's what a, a, a better, you know, understanding of eschatology would help me have
0: beyond being theory driven and what you do for a living I, I just think that was so incredibly dacian the the more and more we talk we cuz you talked about uh, wanting there was a question about this about wanting to know the future if you could mm-hmm. re- recently and it's clear ba- it's based on your upbringing i like and this is your need to know the truth and i yeah. think this has to do with why you actually like gambling besides the sports aspect it's trying to master the unknown as much as possible trying to
1: game the future because yes i agree and
0: i didn't have my unknowns didn't cause the level of havoc in my past that yours did so i don't feel called to that i just think that was really interesting uh mine would be that listen most of the history of the bible in terms of the amount of time. That takes place, takes place in just the first 11 chapters of Genesis, but it's a, it it would be a, this is mine as well, a fleshing out of the full history. Like for example, the, the end of the, uh, the creation story, man and female created, uh, tells one version of that. But then when you have Adam and Eve, it's male and female created. Uh, but between that is a lot of the creative trying to find the companion they're both trying to tell different theological stories but the actual history that happened um which some of us were meant to look through a class darkly but it would be fascinating to know
2: see that's mine that's mine as well todd um because i i trust that even in even in heaven that uh the presence of our maker will overshadow any of the mysteries that yeah. we feel um, feel compelled to wonder about uh, today. I still, in my flesh, though, hope that we get some of these answers and get like a documentary series yeah, in, yeah. in heaven about all of this as well. <laughs> I would settle just for the history of the Is Garden. there
1: an NFL Films vault yes. in heaven? Because I'm spending a good deal of dun, eternity dun, there.
2: Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I would settle just for the history, like the actual fleshed out you know, black and white history of the Garden of Eden, but I would love to see um, from the garden, from the fall to Noah. I think that I think that would be incredible uh, to kind of flesh out in Mm -hmm. and of itself.
1: All right. Before we get to question two, you know, we don't have a lot of chances these days to not do business with woke corporations or causes that hate us because That's pretty systemic in corporate America these days. One place where we do, though, and it's with a business that we kind of all have to use access to because we need one. It's called a mobile phone. And that's where our friends over at Patriot Mobile come in. They're America's only, well, really, American uh, mobile phone carrier. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major ones do because everybody pretty much uses the same towers. But they offer a fully American customer service team who speak in a way that you can actually understand. They get things done, like they did for my family when we made the switch from uh, T-Mobile to Patriot Mobile last fall. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know. They've got bigger savings in store for you as a way of saying thanks. For the rest of us, get a free activation with the offer code Steve right now when you make the switch at patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT, or patriotmobile.com slash Steve.
2: Question number two. We've talked ad nauseum about all the problems with college and professional sports. My question is, what is the objectively good thing about each major sports league, whether it's professional or college, college football, college basketball?
1: Even in their declining state, because nothing, when you have a systemic, what can the righteous do when the foundations fail, right? That's what the Bible says they can't be immunized from a systemic decline and collapse of a culture they just can't because the people that will go to work in the commissioners and league offices and on the field stem from that exact same culture and yet even despite that influence they remain one of the last truly meritorious venues of applied and celebrated excellence left in America that would be my answer for
2: every single league. Yeah. I, I was just going to go league by league, but that's a good answer regardless. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, for experience, I was in the University of Arkansas or in Fayetteville this weekend uh, and had that weekend where the incoming freshman class for soccer, my daughter's soccer class, was all there. And, uh, and the parents were at this meeting over fr- at dinner Friday night, and he laid out this is what this program is about this is why we are here and one of the things he said to the entire group as he said uh, to my daughter and us on an official visit because we had a concern about her doing two sports and she'll miss some time in the other ones will will she have a fair shot because that's all that my daughter wanted and he put it this way he said listen i don't care if you slash my tires last white night if you can help me win you'll play now i know this guy this guy does not mean go be a criminal nothing like that he chose a severe example to say this is nothing but fair we are about excellence on the soccer field he went out of the way to even say he said we're a soccer team we're not a family he said i care about you as an individual we're going to have a lot of fun together but we're going to keep very clear why we're here there's not going to be any nonsense no drama no nothing we are going to choose excellent excellence on the soccer field as our number one priority and if you want to be a part of that that's a dream because there's a lot of drama in club soccer trust me that's what all supports is sports is supposed to be fundamentally about
2: um, that's those are go- good answers you wouldn't we both went in a different direction than what I intended so I'll, I'll kind of go in the direction I intended NBA it's the playoffs because everybody's actually giving 100% effort unlike the rest of the season oh, and it's, it's, incredible. That's <laughs> <true>. it's incredible it's <laughs> incredible it is a uh, completely it, different sport yeah huh? <laughs> and that I actually <laughs> enjoy watching the NBA yeah. in the postseason uh major league baseball no matter if you go way into the luxury tax or you play small ball like Kansas City did uh, a couple of, the Royals did a few years ago winning the World Series um, no matter what style of play or strategy, you still have to get nine uh, uh, or uh, nine innings and three outs per inning. I think that's still beautiful. I think in the NFL, it's the parity and the just the next level athleticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what other uh, major professional. I'm skipping hockey. I don't really watch hockey. College football. I think fifty to sixty percent of the teams any given Saturday could beat each other. And then college basketball. It's obviously the
1: tournament. I tell you, yeah, there's nothing. Like game seven of a Stanley Cup playoff series in overtime where anything, any idle thing could happen, any idle bounce and the ice is kind of chewed up after 60 minutes of play and everything else. There's there's nothing like that. It, it's like it's like an NCAA tournament round yeah. in one In one game, you know what I'm saying? Everything, every play is survive in advance. Every single play. There's nothing like it. Uh, You know, trying to sell your home in any environment can be a challenge, but especially during these unprecedented times. Make sure you find yourself an agent that you'll be recommending to your friends and family one day. Like I did. I recommended him to Aaron. And now Aaron will probably be recommending my buddy Scott to other people I would imagine in the future after he took him through the process. You are looking for that kind of an agent. Where would you find them? Well, the name kind of says it all. Head over to realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates. Why? Because, well, you guessed it. They ran into agents they found out they couldn't trust. So don't let that happen to you. They don't want it to. That's why we urge you to check out the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Final question.
2: What is the best decade for both film
1: and television, all stars combined together. Yeah, I'm leaning to the '70s. The '70s, really. Jaws, The Omen, Exorcist, Star Wars, The Godfather, Apocalypse Now, Chinatown. Those are all films, right? Yes, and, and TV then shows. TV shows. Um, you would have had. Um, all in the Family, The Jeffersons, um, Dallas uh, would have debuted in that in that era. I'm missing a whole bunch of TV shows too, so forgive me, because I went right to the movies right away, because that's where my mind is at with what's going on in my life right now. But I think the 70s, you could make an argument for the 70s, I think.
2: Yeah, when he first said that, I thought that was crazy. But
1: What were you thinking?
2: Mate, I really think... Like 2008 to 2018. I know. I know. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm baby face, okay? Okay. 2008 to 2018. There are a ton of really high quality films uh, and fun films and television shows combined. I mean, I'm thinking all the MCU. Yeah. Uh, MASH was in the 70s too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking MCU. I'm thinking uh, TV shows like. Uh, Breaking Bad and Mad Men which I've never really watched Mad Men I think uh, and again I'm not necessarily I'm not saying these are great shows that you should watch but like uh, wasn't Game of Thrones in that decade as well Yeah. Um, so things like the high quality both uh, and, and fun uh, both on television and film I, I think 2008 to 2018 Muppet
1: Show Different Strokes Dukes of Hazard. I don't know the more I look at it I mentioned MASH the more I'm looking at it I think I'm, I might say the 70s
0: yeah, I'm not going to argue with that. I, I think the the '80s to do that. I think movies, for different reasons, could hold up in terms of happy quantity. days, Little House on the Prairie. But, but yeah, I think television. There's not as much, and it's a little bit. Mm, I, I don't want to just rest on nostalgia. I think '70s is the correct
1: answer.
2: See, you guys are just as guilty of uh, of being biased towards your uh, generation as I am towards mine.
1: Well, if we're going to include television, though, you can't go any further back than the '50s. But, so there's almost the quality, no way to not be biased the, against your generation. the
2: quality in terms of towards of production. I mean, this decade can't. I mean, that decade can't hold a candle to the last couple.
3: I think stories I matter, though. Stories I, matter. I think
1: if you watch some of the films that I mentioned, when they actually kind of do
2: hold up. When was Lost's?
1: 2004 to 2010. Yeah. John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.